0: This week on Double Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture, Father Nick Parker talks about the Liturgy of Bread and Circuses. What is the purpose of the Liturgy? How can we give more of ourselves through the Liturgy? Well, let's find out. Father Nick Parker is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on air host, Kelly Roper. Heavenly
1: Father, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, we give you thanks for all of your many gifts and blessings. We ask that you continue to shed your Holy Spirit upon us, help us to grow in our love and devotion to you. May all we do be done for your glory. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. Amen. All right. So we want to get started into our time with Father Nick Parker. Uh, The topic is the Liturgy of Bread and Circuses. Wow. How cool is this? Um, By introduction, after earning a degree in instrumental piano at Fort Hayes State University, Father Nick entered the seminary. He was ordained in 2008 by Bishop Paul Coakley. Father Nick Parker can be defined as a theological scholar. He has... Um, a degree in theology from Mendeline Seminary in Mendeline, Illinois. He also has an advanced degree from the same seminary, a licentiate in sacred theology, and he has completed a doctorate in sacred theology, and he's the pastor of Immaculate Heart of Mary in Hayes. Wow, and yet with all of that, he still can talk so that even I can understand, right? So, so here we go. We are we are excited to to talk about this topic, the liturgy of bread and circuses. So, how'd you come up with the topic? Tell us where we're going with this.
1: Okay, well, um, it, it's a it's a bit of a, a difficult topic, but I I kind of was inspired by the theme of the Carathon, because um, the theme is holiness is not for wimps. Um, which is a challenging theme. It, it means that that oftentimes we have to go to the places that we don't necessarily want to go, talk about tough topics that we would rather avoid. And um, it requires a lot of just honesty, humility, courage. And so that's kind of what I, I kind of felt motivated to do is to find um, a topic that, that really helps us to break out of what we normally find is comfortable and provide something that requires that honesty, humility and, and courage to really accept and and to really try to implement in our lives. So that's kind of the the motivation, hopefully the goal behind the the whole topic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so, so good. So um Great topic. So so
1: what makes this topic so challenging? Well, um, first of all, it is about the liturgy, which oftentimes people really like to talk about the liturgy. But I think what makes this topic so challenging is that there are a lot of perceived purposes to the Mass and to the liturgy, yeah. which I'm calling them perceived purposes because they aren't the real purpose, but they are things that we so easily fall into. And that's where a lot of the honesty and humility comes in for us to kind of look at our lives and say, have I actually done this? And this is for priests and laity alike. We, we all fall into these traps at some point in some way, I think. But um, one of the, I'm going to talk about, first of all, three primary perceived purposes. And the first primary perceived purpose of the Mass is to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> it seems so often that, that people have the, the idea, and, and priests as well, of uh, the idea that I have 60 minutes. That's it, that's how long I have to do, and I have to get it done. If you're really good at the Mass, you get it done in 45 minutes or less. That's a really good Mass. (laughs) We like the quick prayers, we like the short songs, we like it when the priest will only use Eucharistic prayer number two, and everything else is done quickly because we're able to get out. But it is an easy trap to fall into, that idea that the first purpose of the Mass is to get it done. So that's the first perceived purpose, the easy trap for us to fall into. Um, The next perceived purpose of the Mass is to be fed or rejuvenated or to get what we need to get through another week. And so therefore, we we think, well, I need to go to Mass because I get so much out of listening to the readings or because I need to get something out of the homily or because I I learned something new about the faith or even the, the... main the the very going to mass gives me a sense of peace or gives me a sense of joy and all of these things are not necessarily bad but it's not the purpose of the mass it's one of the perceived purposes of the mass and it's one of those easy traps for us to fall into when we are entering into the liturgy so that's the second one is to be fed or rejuvenated The third perceived purpose that um, I'm going to highlight is the purpose of to be entertained or excited Mm -hmm. by the liturgy. So I go to the mass because I get to be among this community and among my friends, and I need to hear music that gets me sort of pumped up and, and excited as well, and, and even the, the way that the Mass is celebrated, the priest's personality as, you know, he's a, he's a nice guy, he's a jovial guy, he, he tells jokes, he, he, um, he makes me feel engaged, you know, all these things that really are about getting excited or entertained is a perceived purpose. Yeah. Not that it's bad again but it's not the reason why we should go. And it's another one of those traps to fall into. This all then leads me to the title of the talk because um, there was a motif that was mentioned by uh, Pope Benedict XVI in his book Jesus Jesus of Nazareth. He just mentions it very briefly and it's in a very small section. but I think it's something that really speaks to people's ideas of the faith. That motif was bread and circuses. The idea that the people have to be fed and that they have to be entertained, that there has to be some sort of spectacle that is put before them. And therefore, people will sometimes fall into this notion of bread and circuses. And we want to please the people, so we make sure that we feed them and entertain them, giving them bread and circuses as well and that's where we fall into it's really a trap the the title of the the talk is not a good one (laughs) but it it's the it's what we need to be careful of is falling into the trap of the liturgy of bread and circuses being fed and being entertained
2: yeah Talking with Father Nick Parker, talking about the liturgy of the bread and of bread and circuses, talking about the perceived purpose and um, you know the the enemy's traps in uh, things that that happen with the mass. So uh, you know, go ahead and continue with that and and maybe give us the things we should be doing as well.
1: Sure. Well, um, I <clears throat> first of all, I, I really do think that these are traps, and and sometimes people will wonder. Well, if it, if it brings people to the church though, what's wrong with it, mm. you know? Um, if, if they're being fed and they're being entertained but, but you're getting the numbers and the pews, then, then why not? Well, the trap of, you know, to get the mass done and to mm. feed and to entertain, we've been falling into these traps for years, um, decades if not longer, and I think that we're really starting to see the the fruits of this. Um, lately, in our church, many of many people know about the synod of synodality mm-hmm. that Pope Francis has has implemented, and our diocese has had a number of listening sessions as as well to hear people's thoughts, and and our own bishop uh, uh, Bishop Vinkie has been implementing this year what he calls the Year of Mercy, where he's traveling to different parishes and talking to different people. In both the synod of Synodality, as well as some of the listening sessions that our Bishop has had, one of the comments that people have had as one of the main hurts that they are experiencing is that they aren't seeing people coming to Mass. Yeah. That the numbers are dwindling and After COVID, which I know we don't like talking about COVID anymore, but we're going to be talking about for the next five or 10 years. COVID, we shut down the masses. People watched online. They stayed at home. We finally were able to open up the masses, but a lot of parishes are not seeing the numbers that they used to. But think about it for a second. Because if the primary purpose of the mass is to be fed and be rejuvenated, well, Honestly, I feel a lot more rejuvenated myself when I'm able to sleep in until nine, ten o'clock in the morning as opposed to having to get up and get around and go somewhere. Yeah. Um, people will oftentimes feel very much more rejuvenated when they can sit in their pajamas, drink a cup of coffee and watch a mass online, mm-hmm. um, read the Bible on their own, uh, do studies that are more important to them. Um, if the idea is to just simply have a sense of peace or a sense of joy. A lot of people, a lot of families especially, I can pretty much guarantee have a much more peaceful home just relaxing on Sunday Mm -hmm. than going through the hassle of getting everybody up, getting everybody around and having to go anywhere. Um, And if the purpose also is not just to be fed or rejuvenated, but if it's also to be entertained, well, I can be entertained by listening to whatever music I want on the radio or, once again, watching it on television. I can be entertained by whatever I find on my um, iPad, my phone, my computer. I can play games. I can relax. And in the end, if I let my children do the same thing, it's a much more joyful atmosphere. So if we have been promoting the mass, the mass of bread and circuses, where it is about what you get out of it. And if it's about being able to be refreshed and rejuvenated and being entertained, well, why would anybody wanna come to Mass if they can fulfill those purposes in a much simpler and easier way?
2: Good point, very good point.
1: And in fact, if this is what we've been doing with our mindset, with our promotion, even by the way that we celebrate the Mass, even by the way we actually go through the rites then we're the ones that, we've been, that have been teaching the people yeah. that it's just better to stay at home. Yeah. And also then, we now look at our situation because, yeah, the numbers of people coming to Mass are dwindling. Yeah. And people aren't coming back. So how do we promote it? How do we get them to come back? Well, if I were to ask that question outside the context of this talk, <laughs> I'm guessing a lot of people would come up with ideas of, Well, because you learn so much and because you're able to hear the readings and you're able to listen to the homily and then you're able to, to enjoy the music and enjoy the fellowship, we're promoting people to come back with more bread and circuses.
2: Right, right.
1: And it just becomes this whole downward spiral where we want people to come back, but the reason why they left and the reason why we're trying to get them back is the very reason why they aren't coming anymore and it just is leading us down to a to a darker place where this vicious cycle of liturgy of bread and circuses continues to weaken our actual ability to celebrate the mass for what it is and it in the end actually does lose people to the faith
2: yeah yeah i, I can see that i can absolutely see that and and there's so much grace when you have the real thing, not the bread and the circuses. There's so much grace, and we miss out on that completely mm-hmm. when we get caught up on the bread and circuses.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, maybe
2: not completely, but a lot of it, right?
1: It's stunted. It's yeah. very. It, it is diminished. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, we're not going to be able to reach the fullness of what it should be.
2: Sure, sure, sure. Wow. Okay. Father Nick Parker talking about the liturgy of the bread and circuses, and uh, what a what a wonderful wonderful topic. So what happens, you know, we, we talked about the grace, so maybe I answered that a little bit ahead of time. So what happens if this is the way we understand and celebrate the Mass? In other words, if this helps people to come to Mass, what's wrong with it? And I think you talked about that yeah, a little we, bit. We yeah, we
1: talked, just talked about that, yeah, how it, it actually it, it uh, encourages people to not come to Mass yeah. because they're able to get their bread and circuses from... Yeah. Other places as well,
2: exactly. And and you know what's the point? And isn't that what we see in many of the the Protestant faiths? Is you know it's an entertainment, right? And and not quite as much of, of the substance of why the mass was created in the first place.
1: That's that's very true. And in fact, comparing it to the the Protestant churches, um, when I was in the seminary, I, I uh, took a class on. Um, ecumenical and interreligious dialogue, yeah. and one of our assignments was to attend a service at a Protestant church yeah. so me and a friend of mine went to uh, the one, one of the largest mega churches that we could find
0: <laughs> <laughs> just
1: because we'd never <laughs> been to one you yeah. know and I will admit it was very engaging. Yeah. Um, they had the music, they had the screens, they had break dancers, which I thought was really. <laughs> really fun and really cool they they had a a guy come out and um one of their pastors gave it was probably about an hour 20 hour 30 minute talk so if you think my homilies are long (laughs) uh,
2: nobody can complain anymore right that's
1: right that's right but um it was very entertaining but part of what we learned when we went is that their numbers are dwindling radically as well. Like yeah. they are having a hard time keeping people coming to church. And one of the w- parts of the, the minister's talks was talking about one of the, their really good parishioners yeah. who, yeah, he's, he's great. I see him at least every month. Yeah. And I'm like, every month? that's
2: <laughs>
1: that's not and he's that's happy not good about that, right? he's happy about yeah, that yeah. so their numbers are incredibly low as well but it's because they are falling into the whole let's feed the people and entertain the people yeah. and so they they come when they want to be fed and entertained in that way but otherwise they're, they're just not there yeah yeah
2: so so you know how do we get out of, of this cycle of, of you know, just, just coming, you know, either just by doing the motions or mm-hmm. coming and expecting to be entertained? How do we get out of this cycle?
1: Sure. Well, I'm going to uh, completely steal an image from a, a <laughs> priest friend of mine, um, uh, totally swipe his analogy. But I have a priest friend who, um, he, he tells this story, and I, I believe it's a true story, actually where in World War II, um, the United States would have to send bombers out um, over over enemy territory. And of course it was dangerous, and not all of the bombers would come back. There only a certain percent would actually survive their missions. Well, that percent that survived the missions, they would come back and um, many of them would have bullet holes or damage done to the planes and so the mechanics would then make sure that they patched the holes, make sure that they they, uh, repaired the plane, but then they had um, like extra sheet metal or something like that that they wanted to use to fortify the planes as well and so they decided, well, these are the places where the planes are getting hit. Let's fortify those areas so that they are more protected. The problem is that by doing that, they never saw a better percentage of planes coming back. They would still be sent out, but the same number would still be lost. And it eventually occurred to them, we are fortifying fortifying the areas of the plane that come back shot. But these are the places where the planes can take a hit and still get back. So, in other words, we're fortifying the plane in the wrong area. We still need to patch these holes, but we need to find the vital areas of the plane and fortify those areas. Not the places that are getting shot, but the other places that aren't. Mm -hmm. Because those are the planes that aren't coming back. And so they totally changed their tactic, and it actually was able then to finally help. Um, but in essence, that's kind of what we need to do with our faith as well. We, we've taken a hit. We have lost some of our passengers, some of our planes. Um, but we're trying to fortify oftentimes the liturgy in the areas that aren't the places that need to be fortified.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We need to get back to what the heart of the liturgy is, the real heart of the mass, the real purpose of the liturgy. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to start focusing on, that's what we need to start fortifying. And it's by fortifying the true essence of the mass and focusing on that, that hopefully we'll be able to preserve what we have and
0: keep going
2: very very good oh my gosh so much good information so many so many wise things to share with us
0: we need to take a short break right now but don't change that dial liturgy of bread and circuses with father nick parker will be right back here on divine mercy radio On Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. Liturgy of Bread and Circuses. Father Nick Parker. Kelly Roper conducts the interview.
2: So um, share with us a little bit about what the true purpose, we've talked about the, the, the bread, the liturgy of bread and circuses. So what is the truth there, you know, we don't want that, what should we be doing, and why should we be wanting to go to the true liturgy?
1: Sure, <clears throat> well, the the true purpose of the Mass, I'm gonna give a couple ways to think about it. But the first um, way I, I wanna promote is that the purpose of the Mass is to give praise and thanks to God. And we're just gonna keep it that simple, that it is to give praise and thanks to God. But notice with that, that the purpose is to give. The purpose is not to get. So when it comes to Mass, when you come to Mass, are you fed? Are you nourished? Are you motivated? Um, Do you learn something? Or just by going, do you get a sense of joy and a sense of peace? If so, that's great. But let's be honest with ourselves because sometimes we're not. But if we're not in the end, that actually doesn't matter because that's not the point. The point is not to get. The point is to give. We are there to give praise and thanks to God. Or when you come to Mass, are you entertained? Uh, do you love the community that you're a part of? Are you glad to be among friends? Um, do you love the music at your parish? Or do you love the priest and his personality and the the way that he interacts with the people? And if so, that's great. Um, but once again, we have to be honest, sometimes we're not. Yeah. And if not, in the end, that doesn't actually matter. Yeah. That That shouldn't be, the point because the point is not to get the point is to give we're not about the bread and circuses yeah. we're about christ and giving praise and thanks to god mm. um so even when people sometimes will say well i just i just don't get anything out of it you know it's it's difficult it's a hassle i have to get the family around i, I rather sleep in i i rather do my faith on my own well that that's not the purpose of the Mass. Yeah. And that not that any of those things are bad in and of themselves, yeah. but they do become bad if you are replacing that with, placing uh, the Mass with that. Yeah. And we have to get back to the, what that true purpose is. Um, even the petitions at Mass, people will sometimes look at that and they say, well, aren't we asking to get something out of that, out of the Mass when we do those sorts of things at Mass? But even the petitions, the purpose of the petitions is to allow us to give more to God. Yeah. You know, we we pray for the church so that we can rejoice more with God in with the church. We we pray for businessmen and farmers and the poor and the needy so that they can then give praise and thanks to God all the more as well. The petitions are not an end in themselves. Um so that's the mindset that we have to have. And just to just to clarify, to get something out of the Mass or to be entertained or anything like that, once again, it's not bad. But it should never be our motivation or our mindset. And it should never be the motivation or the mindset by the way we celebrate the Mass either. Um, it's a trap, once again, that laity and priests fall into. And we should never have this as a, Well, let's do this because it will help the people to get more out of it, or let's do that because it will help to, we like like to use the word engage. It will engage the people more. It really means entertain. But that should never be our motivation. We need to help people to give praise and thanks to God, not feed or entertain. We can't buy into the bread and circuses. So that's the first way that I think is good for us to think about it, that, that the, the purpose of the Mass is to give praise and thanks to God. But the other way I'd like to think, of, I'd like to encourage people to think about it is that we oftentimes refer to the Mass as the sacrifice of the Mass. So what do we mean by the sacrifice of the Mass? Well, the sacrifice of the Mass, first and foremost, refers to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, where Christ gave himself completely to the Father for the sake of our salvation, for the salvation of souls. Mass is our participation in that sacrifice in Christ. The sacrifice of Christ was not God, I'm going to do this so that I can get something out of it. That was not the mindset of Jesus. We need to take on the mindset of Christ when we participate in his sacrifice, where we are taking everything we have, our lives, our whole being, everything that has occurred to us throughout the week, all that, all of our joys, pains, sufferings, and even the times that are mundane, we take all that and we unite it with Christ and offer it to God the Father in this sacrifice of the Mass. once again, that's the purpose is to give ourselves to God. Um, to summarize what this looks like, I'm going to go back to Pope Benedict XVI again. Um, he's the one that, that uh, shared that motif, but he also had a general audience in uh, 2012 where he used the phrase, the liturgy is celebrated for God and not for ourselves. And I just think that's so incredibly profound that mm-hmm. that's what we need to be thinking of that mm-hmm. that we are offering this to God, mm-hmm. not seeking this for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to take that for me mm-hmm. element out of this. That this truly is um, a liturgy celebrated for God and not for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But, and and that
2: that's so important, you know, to 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 really remember is. You know, we are there. You know, as, as you said earlier, we're we're there to to praise and to to give thanks to to God and and to to worship Him and and um, you know, we do need to take the me out. I think we live in a me society, right? A me, 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 me. Everything seems to be centered around us, and we need to to really get past that.
1: Yeah, and, and it's unfortunately filtered into our faith as well.
2: Yeah. So good. We are talking with Father Nick Parker, talking about the liturgy of bread and circuses. And now we are talking about the true purpose of liturgy and, and why why we should want to go to Mass. And, you know, he's telling us that, you know, we, we want to go to give praise and thanks to God. And the emphasis there is on on give, on give, not get. Give thanks to, uh, and praise to God. And that the liturgy is celebrated for for God, you know, not not for for me, not for you know Kelly Roper, not for not even for Father Nick Parker, as great as he is, not even for him. <laughs> it is celebrated for God. So so let's continue on with that conversation.
1: Sure. Well, um, I'd like to give just some practical images of what this looks like. Um, I have a few stories with this. Uh, a couple of them I'm going to just shamelessly swipe from parishioners, and so I'm. <laughs> Worried if they're listening, because they might, I don't know if they want me to share their stories, but I'm going to, I'll keep them anonymous though. They can come and talk to me about it later. But uh, um, one is a a prisoner who tells a story um, about how when he was young, he and his brother went out camping. And uh, he said it was a fantastic weekend. They they were, I think they went by a lake and just spent the weekend out there and and hung out Mm -hmm. together. And their dad then joined them on Sunday afternoon. Um, and so they were they were talking about the weekend and telling dad how great it was and everything. Then dad said, "Well, um, did you did you go to mass?" And they admitted to their their dad. They said, "Well, you know, we were busy here and it was we had to get cleaned up and everything. We decided not to, so so we just skipped mass this weekend." Yeah. And his dad just was was sunk, and he he basically said you know i'm I'm ashamed. God gave you this this great weekend, this time out at the lake, this time to be together, and you weren't even willing to take an hour away to thank him for it yeah. um, and that <clears throat> that parishioner actually <laughs> uh, I see him quite frequently at daily mass now <laughs> uh, but uh um you know, so uh he, he he got it. He got the got the message and um such a faithful guy today. But that's what it is. It's about giving that praise and thanks to God. Looking at all that God has given you in life and going there to to thank him for it. Yeah. So uh that's that's one of the one of the stories. Another story this comes from uh another prisoner that I had several years ago. I would also see her at Daily Mass, and her daughter was actually a, a Daily Mass server, um, which always really impressed me how you would have this, this uh, child coming to Mass every, uh, every day and, and serving Mass. But anyways, um, she once shared her story from, with me. She was from, I believe, Korea, and uh, she talked about how when she was young, she came from Korea over to the United States and uh, they traveled by boat, but the conditions were not good. Um, There was a lot of sickness, uh, not enough food. Um, A lot of people died along the way, including members of her own family. And when they pass away on this long journey, there isn't much they can do except for burial at sea. And so she really lost a lot of her friends, her family along the way, but When she came to the United States, she was so absolutely grateful for it that she made sure that she always came to Mass to thank God for bringing her here, for giving her her opportunities. Even for the struggles that she had from then on out, she was grateful that she still had the opportunity to face them. Well, with that background, there was one time where she was going to go to, it was a daily Mass with her daughter, I believe, and her daughter said, mom I don't I don't really want to go to mass today and her mom just very kindly said okay well that's fine um but then you don't have to have supper tonight either oh. and her <laughs> daughter was was upset she's like why not why don't I get supper and her mom said well because God gave me a, a job that allowed me to pay for our food and he gave us the opportunity to cook the food and the opportunity to be here together and and to to share the meal and and you know, we should we should be grateful for that. So if you're not willing to go and and give him thanks, um, then you don't have to have it either. You don't have and, to receive
2: his gifts, right? You right. don't go so, and, yeah.
1: So her daughter got it and her daughter never complained about not going to mass again and was even one of our altar servers. And, you know, I just think there's such great little stories because can we thank God for these gifts outside of the mass? Yeah, we can. But that's us thanking him on our terms, mm. not on his. Mm-hmm. He wants us to thank him by going to the mass.
0: Yeah.
1: And we need to be humble enough to say, I'm going to thank God in the way that God wants me to thank him, yeah. not not on the way that I want to thank him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just... And, and just for the, the simple things, too, that, that we give thanks to God for, but also at the mass, you are able to unite yourself with the sacrifice of Christ in a way that you can't any other way. Yeah, I can thank him on my own at home, but I cannot unite myself to the sacrifice of Christ and offer myself to God all the things that he has given me, all the things he's done for me, even all the struggles that I've had to face and that he's given me the grace to get through. I cannot unite that with the sacrifice of Christ in the way that I can at the Mass. And so that makes our praise and thanksgiving all the more powerful when we're truly willing to give ourselves to God. Um, Just one other example of this. Uh, This actually comes from... um, I think it was a homily or a talk or something that Bishop Jakes gave when he was the Bishop of Wichita. Uh, Bishop Jakes he moved then to Iowa and he's recently retired. I think because of health reasons, but uh, he used to talk about the Offertory, and the Offertory it's a, it's a small, excuse me, a small part of the Mass, but it really is like an essential part because when you think about it. If the mass is to give praise and thanks to God, the entire mass is an offertory. Mm-hmm. you know. But to emphasize this, he encourages people that when it comes time for the offertory itself and they're passing around that basket, he says, even if you didn't bring something to put in the basket, go ahead and put your hand in the basket. Not, not to take anything out. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but... The idea of it is that we are giving ourselves to God. And that motion of just putting your hand in the basket is sort of that reminder of, I am offering myself to the Lord. And then when the bread and the wine come forward for the consecration, that is a great part to once again remember that this offertory is me offering myself in union with Christ to the Father. Um, and I just thought it was such a I don't know if anybody actually would want to do that I would encourage people to think about it I don't know if pastors are going to want to <laughs> incorporate that because I mean it's a, it's a personal thing but the, the whole point is just to emphasize the meaning of it the purpose of it and the true purpose of the Mass um, that, that we are there to, to completely give ourselves to the Lord it's for God not for me
2: Yeah, love it we were talking with Father Nick Parker, talking about the Liturgy of Bread and Circuses. And uh, now we're talking more about the, the purpose, the true purpose of liturgy. And uh, so I asked about what, you know, yes, we want to give, not get, but but what do we also receive?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, now, it is true, though, that we do have the opportunity to receive Christ in the Eucharist. And there's a lot of graces that come with the Mass as well, that, that we— uh, we do receive graces to continue to grow in holiness, to, to grow in virtue, to grow towards our salvation. And there, there's so much that we do receive at the Mass that we'll probably never fully understand it, even in, in heaven. Um, but uh, with that, too, it's a bit of a paradox, really. Yeah. Because the more we come into the Mass with the mindset of, will look at all these things that I'm going to receive. I'm gonna receive the graces I need to get through the next day, to get through the next week, to, to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, all these different things. If we think of what I'm gonna get with that, if that's our mindset, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it stunts our ability to truly receive. Yeah. It's the giving that allows us to receive. And even, I'm gonna say something a little bit controversial here. Okay. <laughs> but even receiving Christ in the Eucharist is not the primary purpose of the Mass. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. This is why a communion service cannot take the place of a Sunday Mass because the primary purpose is not receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. This is why somebody who is in a a state of mortal sin can still come to Mass and not receive the Eucharist, but they are still able to give whatever they can to God. Um, This is also why if you look at the precepts of the church, the precepts of the church say that you are to attend Mass every Sunday and Holy Day of Obligation, but you are only required to receive the Eucharist once Mm -hmm. a year during the season of Easter. So the primary purpose of the Mass is not to get even there, it is to give ourselves, and I, I don't want to... Diminish anybody's—I don't want to diminish the truth of the Eucharist in this. It is truly Christ, and I don't want to diminish anybody's desire to receive. Yes, we should always desire desire to receive Christ, not just weekly, but even daily if 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 you if you are able. I, I think that that we can never underestimate that either. But I do want to highlight that paradox there—that the purpose of the Mass is to give. And the more that we have that mindset, the more we will find that we are actually receiving in return. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a tricky thing because the traps are always there. The traps are always there to say, well, I'm, go- I, I'm going to go to be fed. I'm going to go to be entertained. I'm, I'm going to, to, to get the obligation done, whatever it is. Don't fall into those mindset traps. Make sure that you are going for the true intention, and then you'll see the fruits of it.
2: Beautiful. Beautiful. That is, that is, oh, you you are sharing so much really, really good information with us. We are almost, uh, almost to our break here. We've been talking with, with Father Nick Parker. He has given us so, so much good information. Last thought that you'd like to share, and then if you would please give us your blessing to each of us here and out through the airwaves.
1: Sure, um, I, I just wanna um, say that we, we didn't really get to go through a lot of the specifics of the liturgy itself. That would take a, another 10 hour class, but um, I do want people just to realize that everything we do at Mass, it has meaning, it has purpose, and it has effect. It does affect us, whether for good or for bad. If we walk into Mass with a mindset of bread and circuses, or if we even celebrate the Mass with different um, additions, subtractions, or adaptations for the sake of bread and circuses. Um, It's going to diminish our ability to truly celebrate the Mass for what it is. It's going to stunt our ability to truly grow in the faith. But if we truly enter into Mass with the right mindset and celebrate it according to its true purpose, then there might be some people who are seeking bread and circuses that are gonna be upset. And we might have to deal with that, yeah. but that's the only way to fortify the mass, to strengthen it, and strengthen the faith, and move forward mm. in, in the faith as a whole. Beautiful. So, but, All right, but uh, yes, we'll do a, a final prayer and a blessing. Thank you, um, thank you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it, as it was, was in the beginning, is now, now and ever, ever shall be, world without, without end. end, amen. amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to double Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture. Folks, heaven is unseen, but so are these airwaves. If you can support these unseen airwaves and help save souls for heaven, go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate, where your donation will be seen and appreciated. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart.